long intro, folks. It's 2 p.m. Pacific. Got it right that time. I'm Fred McMurray, as my co-host chuckles in the background. I'm Fred McMurray, which means this must be... Pillars, pillars, pillars of franchising. Pillars, pillars, pillars of franchising. Sorry for the long intro, folks. We got a lot of guests today, so it's a really big show, isn't it, Ray? Yes, it is. And <laughs> do you want to announce our topic, or are you going to be are you going to be terse and reticent today? I'm going I'm to sit back and enjoy. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, uh, women and franchising, I think, is the topic is, and it is a fantastic topic. That's why I get to sit back and just smile. <laughs> Always like a mango. Also, so do you, you want to begin with the weather, or do you want well, to skip weather today? No, I, I do want to do weather. I just want to note that our our female business warrior co-host Kristen is out today with uh, COVID nineteen, and we want to send our thoughts and prayers to her, and uh, she, her husband, and their one son. So. Um, Hurry up back. We want we miss you. You provide balance to Ray. And I get to hide <laughs> off screen then. <laughs> so as everyone who knows who's ever watched this show, we've got our, our four favorite female co-hosts on today. And we're talking about how they've given back to the community because, of course, that's one of the primary pillars. So we also wanted to spot, spotlight and uh, say thank you for giving back to the community for them. And do you tell me where you are and what the weather's like? And before we start asking our co-host guests, you get to put in how you give back to the community, but you got to give it really, make it really, really short because they're the show. Fair okay. enough. All right, you're talking. Yeah, I'm right, talking okay. to you. This is the last yeah, time yeah. we'll probably right. directly talk with each other today. So we're turning it over. <laughs> So I uh, am in pillow. I am. Uh, I'm at home in Aurora, and it's well, just went down a, a tenth of a degree, but it's 55.9. To me, that's wonderful. It's perfect, and the sun is shining. A little breezy, but other than that, giving back to the community. One of the things that uh, when uh, Martha and I decided to open the franchise is we were looking for a franchise that had a benevolent association. And uh, that happened to be uh, the Miss Molly Foundation. And uh, the Miss Molly Foundation in my town is connected with Mutual Ground. And Mutual Ground uh, uh, is, uh, they help people who are having problems with domestic violence. And we have given a substantial amount to Mutual Ground every year through the Miss Molly Foundation. And, uh, I'm very proud of that. I think it's it's something that everybody in business, not just franchising, but everybody in business needs to give back to the community. It's extremely important. Okay, so now we're going to go alphabetical because that seems to be the easiest way and no <laughs> one's annoyed at me any more than they normally are. So, Andrea, <laughs> where are you? And what's the weather like? 
Well, I'm way up north in Vancouver, Canada, but um, it's not all that cold here today. In Canadian, it's about 12 degrees Celsius, so um, I guess that's about 54, 55, not far off from where you are in Aurora. Yeah. yeah. So it's nice, a little bit sunny, a little bit cloudy, not raining, so that makes me happy. <laughs> Carolyn? Yeah, so I'm Carolyn. I'm here in North Carolina, and we have a beautiful day, like typically this time of the year in North Carolina. It's about 77 degrees, and the sun is shining, just perfect weather. Elizabeth, as Fred goes off screen to try to answer one of our l viewers already. So <laughs> moving along, folks, you're all co-hosts. You know moving we got to bail me out. Um, yeah, I'm in the Gulf Coast of Alabama. We are at 82. Um, we don't have a typical temperature of the year. It can go from 50 to 100 <laughs> in October. Uh, <laughs> tomorrow, our high is 73. I'm so excited about that. So. Yeah. We're, getting, we're getting to a fall temperature soon, I think. <laughs> Michelle, what about you? I'm Michelle Rumpel, and I'm on the coast, the central coast of California. Um, it's pretty hot, actually. You know, it's a, it's a really weird weather here. Just as other parts of the country are starting to cool down, we often in October will have our hottest weather, and we're in that right now. We've been in the upper 90s. Ooh. And it's super dry and just, it's just hot <laughs> for us it's, and because we don't have any air conditioning here, which I know. Yeah, I know. I know. We don't need it usually. But when, when it is really hot, we're kind of miserable. So, because nobody's got mm. AC. Mm. Wow. That's when you go to the movies. <laughs> <laughs> but not so much due to COVID. Not too much right now. Yeah. Bad idea. <laughs> So, Ray, you want to ask the first question? Sure. Um, I don't know how, how to pose this. Should I pose this to the group and see who wants to answer first? But um, I, I think since the topic is uh, giving back to the community, um, who wants to answer that question first and how are you doing it? We can start with Andrea in alphabetical order if you want. <laughs> All right. Sure. I'll take that. Um, well, when my dad passed away about seven or eight years ago, um, he was just one of those people that just gave without expectation. And I think at one time I was on the show and we talked a little bit about core values and that was one of my, that is now one of my values because I really wanted to make sure that my kids understood that part of my dad because they really didn't get much time with him and, and my youngest, of course, never met him. And, you know, when my dad, uh, when, when his funeral happened, there were a number of people that came forward to speak about their life experience with him, people that knew him well before I did, or that obviously I had never met. And, um, you know, there were just so many stories of him doing things that were really probably to him, maybe not big things. But to these people, they were super meaningful. And he was a teacher and he, he, had a tendency to gravitate toward kids that nobody really had in the past believed in. And I think that that was what changed their lives is that they had just that one person 
that believed in them and that changed their lives. And these are stories of kids who, you know, grew up with, you know, pretty difficult life situations who went on to become doctors and lawyers and teachers and spoke about this one experience. And I think sometimes it can become very overwhelming to think about how to give back. And we rack our brains thinking about how to do things in a meaningful way. And there are big things that can be done. And, and I think I'm on a board um, of an organization that I'm very proud of called Coast Mental Health. And we provide housing for people with mental illness. And that's a more structured way to give back. But I think it's actually really very simple. And it's, it's the little acts of giving that generally are what are the most impactful in life. And I will share a story that I think um, I hope will stick with me and my kids for a long, long time. When I first went through, um, you know, a divorce, I lived in an area in town, a nice part of town, but somewhat transitional. And there was, it's, it's quite dense with, with the homeless community and a lot of mental health, um, a lot of people suffering from mental health conditions that are not properly medicated or treated. And I one day just sat down and had a conversation with a man who was just sitting on the street crying. And I just asked him, you know, to talk and we talked and, and I just heard about his life story. And I just couldn't believe how many roadblocks he had had to experience in his life. And I just said to him, um, you know, what you've endured in your life is so incredible that most people wouldn't make it past even any of those one things. And yet you have gotten past each of these things. And I just looked at him and I I really just, I truly meant it. Like I really believed in him that he was going to get himself out and he was actually applying for a job the next day. And and I never saw him again in that area, so I really hope he did move on to, you know, a better life. But I think my point is just that it doesn't have to be a really big thing. I think sometimes it's just a matter of um, allowing someone to, to be heard or, um, you know, saying hello to someone that maybe most people would walk by. These are just little things that I think um, are really meaningful and, and our, our, our own way of giving back, even though they might not seem that way, they actually mean a lot to a lot of people that maybe are marginalized or not necessarily treated as well as the general community. That's, That's why true. I like red eyebrows. <laughs> people tell me they fit and, and it makes them laugh. And I find if I make the people laugh, at least it brightens their day. <laughs> who's next ray take over again sorry been, we've been having some issues on youtube and people aren't okay. able to watch the youtube channel from the website so yeah. go ahead take over dude. I'm up next, right um yeah yeah right so um with um Wisdom. We are a um, emerging franchisor, and so as we're bringing people together, it's amazing. People, we've been talking about this a tremendous amount, and how, as a collective team, what can we do to really impact um, first our local community, 
And so one of the things we first started doing was um, we believe education just empowers people, right? So um, educating um, caregivers. And when I speak about caregivers, I'm not speaking about paid caregivers, but I'm speaking about caregivers that are finding themselves taking care of their loved ones, whether it be a spouse or a sibling, somewhere they're finding themselves in this situation. And they're, they're just so overwhelmed. They don't even know where to go. And so one of the first things we um, as a group or as a brand started to do was we put on a, um, a um, event that was free to the public, right? And everyone could come and we had different experts lined up that could speak on all different topics dealing with um, caring for a loved one. What kind of resources are out there? And as Andrea spoke about the mental health, it's a big part of um, depression. Some, and what was nice was they were able to come together and be able to socialize and speak to other people who could relate with what they were going through. And the event went so very well. You know, they were like, hey, when are you going to do another one, right? And so, of course, you know, um, that's still on our calendar to do. But we also, part of education as a group, there's a, a local um, um, organization called Transitions um, Guiding Life. They do the same thing where they're reaching out to all different type caregivers, giving them resources. And so we help to sponsor. And like this year, they're having their first virtual because of COVID. So we help to sponsor this event. So no one has to pay for it. They can all be part of this. And so we're just looking at those various ways of how we can give back first to our local community and then let it grow from there. So as a brand, because we're still growing, we're still trying to just see what the larger picture will be. But like Andrea said, we're starting small in our local area. And um, one thing about our caregivers, um, we're looking at them too, because they're so a big part of what we do. We have scholarship programs that we can um, help send them to um, a nurse aid program so that they can better themselves as well. So we have different criteria that they can do. So that's some of the ways that Wisdom um, looks at being able to give back to our community. Well, I do want to mention something that Andrea said that uh, I have mentioned in the show before uh, regarding teachers. And that is that I did have a fifth grade teacher, and I'll mention her name because I remember her very, very well, Olive Barnes. She recognized abilities in me that no one else could. And my, she was my fifth grade teacher. My fourth grade teacher saw the opposite. My fifth grade teacher, Mrs. Barnes, saw those abilities and recognized them and brought them out, uh, should I say, <laughs> made me flourish as, as opposed to that. So teachers are extremely important and they need to be recognized, especially the good ones. Mm -hmm. So Elizabeth, how about wait, you? Wait, wait, wait. Now, if you're going to... Oh, oh, oh. If you're going to go there, I get to tell at least one teacher story, given that okay. I married one, I raised one, um, and still do tech support for 
and um, I don't know, they're all over the place. But I got the 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 teacher. It was a seventh and eighth grade social studies teacher um, that I honestly credit with making me the um, inquisitive question asking blunt choose your expletive as people ring um, person that I am. And I got the honor a couple of years back of actually going to um, lunch with him. He bought me lunch and a beer. And it was the coolest thing sitting there with my um, seventh and eighth grade teacher. Sadly, the woman who helped me create this, my <laughs> last piece of art ever done, has passed away. Oh, that's cute. Miss Catherine Phillips. If it weren't for her, this never would have gotten me the C minus I got in art. And who would become so useful many, many years later? So now we can go on to Elizabeth. <laughs> okay. Just don't know how I can follow that, Fred. <laughs> well, you know, I think giving back is, is, a, is an interesting thing, and I think it comes in seasons of life. And, you know, for years I volunteered just doing whatever my kids were doing. I was on a lacrosse board, you know, I band stuff, all that. But now that they're older, I'm finding that I can do the things that I have more passion for. Um, I only loved lacrosse because my kid did it. I didn't actually love it. So I have found myself in an interesting place in a couple of areas. I had um, my son came out when he was 16. And so I have found myself speaking up in lower Alabama, which is not a warm and happy place if you are in the LGBTQ community. Um, so, so I volunteer with groups on that, um, and I've, I've done some writing to try and support, and, and it, so I'm, I have some social activism going on. But the other thing that has happened is that I volunteer with this pageant, which has not been something I have ever done in my life. I, I don't, I've never done a pageant, didn't care to do a pageant in particular, but I found myself in this group of women who want to mentor these young women in our area. Um, they teach them interview. It's, it's less about the pageant, more about the experience. So we mentor young girls to be able to speak in public, to be able to do interviews, to know how to present themselves in professional situations and in, you know, formal situations. Um, and it's, it's been something that I have found surprisingly rewarding. I didn't expect to enjoy it as much as I have. I did it. I started writing a script because I was doing it as a business favor. And um, it has ended up watching some of these young women, they're, they're 10th uh, and 11th graders, and they can come back the next year if they don't make it. So to watch them evolve and learn to speak, there was one little girl who came in and she was the most uncomfortable, like pulling her shirt down, pulling it up, you know, just did not want to be seen. And I thought that poor girl, if she just survives the process, it's going to be an accomplishment. And she ended up winning and you would not have recognized the growth in her ability to speak and her ability to present herself. She stopped fidgeting and pulling her shirt all over the place. It was, it was an amazing transformation. So I really enjoy, especially young Southern women who are often taught not to speak for themselves quite as much. Um, it's fun for me to give them permission to find a voice and use it and use their power in a good way. They do a lot of volunteer work and that kind of thing. So um, that's, that's been something I've been involved in for about six years now, I guess, um, which was a surprise. I did, I did not expect, I was just doing it for no other reason than somebody asked me to. So I think it's kind of fun when you fall into those things. And, and you know, the other, the, the LGBT stuff is, is very personal to, to me and my family and making sure that we're trying to get a program where we can find temporary 
housing for kids, um, people who want to volunteer. We have a lot of kids down here who couch surf because um, their parents kick them out. So finding host families, that's something that my husband and I are looking at doing as our kids, you know, are aging out of our home. So those are, those are my two big things. Can we get them to subscribe to the new Pillars of Franchising YouTube channel? Never mind, never mind. I'll, I'll send it out. You can have the whole LGBTQ audience of Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get them enrolled in something that maybe next week we'll tell everyone about. A eh, Ray? Michelle. <laughs> yeah, I, I love the quote. Um, I'm not going to say it exactly right, but it's just kind of uh, always try to do the next right thing. Mm -hmm. um, I've heard that. And it just kind of resonates. You know, Andrea was talking about sometimes just a small thing of having a conversation with someone and just being led to do that next right thing in that moment. But um, for me, I've, I've give back in a, a couple of different ways. One is I've been involved for many years in a group called Celebrate Recovery, which is a faith-based recovery group, but it's not, it, it, people who participate, yes, there are some people who have um, drug and alcohol problems, but it's really for any kind of hurt, hang up, or habits that people have as a result of what's going on, what has been going on in their lives, and just you know, the, the trials of daily living. Um, mm -hmm. So it can be anything from just overcoming, um, you know, an eating issue or overcoming being uh, codependent you know, because, you, you know, you had a really rough upbringing and so you've kind of learned how to be codependent. So it just really addresses all those different issues that people can work through. Um, and the other thing is, uh, uh, Compassion International, which, you know, helps children all over the world, and also um, the local food bank, you know, especially right now, um, at a local level with the food bank, but also on a national level with Feeding America. It's a lot of, I mean, I'm not, you know, saying anything surprising, but there's just so much suffering right now, and um, just trying to, you know, help out in small ways to I feel so grateful that, you know, we have income coming in um, and there's so many that are just wondering how they're going to pay their rent. So mm -hmm. this is a great topic. It's a timely topic for sure. On that note, we'll go and it's time to try to pay the bills. So therefore we want to give a, hopefully a shout out to our friends at Speedspot. Why, Ray? Why do we like to recognize our friends at Feedspot? Because they recognized us as number one. In the top 20 podcasts on franchising that you need to follow in 2020. And a thank you to our co-host for having us get there. <laughs> Clap, Ray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes he's a bit slow, but, you know, all right. And, we get, and when we get back from the commercial, I'd like to talk a little bit about the month of October. All right, I'll give you 90 seconds. Hey, now, franchise owners. How is your local marketing? Do you feel like you could use some help keeping up with your social media posts and comments and reviews? Do you wonder if you could be doing more to attract local customers? Are you able to identify new movements to your local area? <laughs> 
At Westvine, we help franchisees like you reach more local customers through digital marketing. With daily monitoring, creative content, and ad placement, and customer data intelligence, we'll get your business in front of the people who want your products or services. We also work with franchisors who need an agency to handle the digital marketing for all of their locations. If you're ready to reach more local customers, give us a call at 805-265-5440 or visit us at westvine.com. That's 805-265-5440 or westvine.com. And we're back, right? So go ahead. I'll give you 90 seconds. <laughs> well, I don't think I need 90 seconds, but October is uh, Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And the thing about domestic violence is that nobody wants to talk about it. And yet, one of the things that police hate getting is a domestic violence call, simply because they're damned if they do and they're damned if they don't. You know, even though the guy is beating up on his wife, the wife's going to protect him no matter what. And, you know, it, it, it's a terrible situation. And, and we need to recognize that. And we need to do something about it. And one of the things about uh, mutual ground is it's not just about protecting the people. It's about having classes on how to overcome these problems. And it's extremely important that, like I say, it is recognized. Everybody knows someone who has suffered from domestic violence and it's just not women. 20% of uh, the people who suffer from domestic violence are male. So I just wanted to bring it out because it is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And if, if possible, give to the local uh, safe house, and it's, we can go from there. It's a. It's Is a, that ninety seconds? Yeah, you're okay. <laughs> it's a. It's a horrible topic to talk about. It's a horrible topic that hits way too close to um, home, and so in a small way uh, to deal with it. And given that someday uh, my spot here will be uh, handled by one of my grandkids, um, mm -hmm. probably my granddaughter, because, man, she's got camera presence. So um, <laughs> we'll go with Addison. So what would you tell my, my granddaughter Addison on how to change things as she grows up? How would you tell her to give back to the community? Well, I, for me, are you talking, is this an open question? <laughs> well, I, I, I like to go around with the alphabet because my kid actually, and it's really good for my granddaughter to understand the alphabet. So um, mm -hmm. I'd like to go around the alphabet, but so that puts An Andrea on the hot spot. But remember, she's go ahead, Andrea. <laughs> And it mm -hmm. helps if you make wild gestures and talk about um, bad monkeys, but you don't got to. Okay. So you want me to talk with my hands? Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would, I would, I would tell your granddaughter not to overthink giving back. If something feels right, 
then participate. I think sometimes there's too much thinking in what we spend our time volunteering for. And sometimes we feel overwhelmed with time commitments. And I don't know that, you know, we have to look at it quite that way. I have chosen to participate in a number of different organizations, whether it be through, um, you know, my business or just in terms of my own personal choices. And I have really varying aspects of involvement on some of the ways that I give back. I'm involved at the board level where I feel I can drive a little bit more of the strategy. In others, I will just volunteer to speak and maybe, you know, share a story and, you know, do something that way. And in other organizations where maybe I don't have the time commitment, I might participate with a donation or some other way of, you know, supporting them. But I think that I just witness a lot of my peers overthinking some of the ways to give back. And even at the store level, you know, we have uh, retail locations and we have a product to sell and we have a service to give with facials. And so we're asked so many times for donations to events. And, you know, most of the time we do say yes, in particular, if it's something that one of our customers is asking for, because we do really want to support our customers because they're supporting us. And the way that we look at that is one, they're supporting us, we want to support them, but it's also, you know, a great opportunity to be involved in the community that's where we do business. And so, um, you know, we tend to say yes more than we say no. And I think sometimes we have a tendency as humans to say no first. And I often would, you know, love to hear more people say yes first. And then if something becomes too much, then say, okay, I've overextended. But at the very least, let's start with saying yes. And I think that, you know, if we did more of that, um, you know, I think we would probably see uh, a lot of improvement in some of the ways that, um, you know, we are involving ourselves in our communities. Carolyn, and you really got the hat, hat, far hat, jacket on far better than I do, man. And it's, I'm sweating like a pig. Um. <laughs> yeah, so I would tell your granddaughters to not be afraid to be who she is and really be in tune to her own natural um, instincts. And if she, um, as Andrew placed it, you know, sometimes we try to figure out is this something nationally that everyone's doing? But if she really knows who she is, and it could be her life just as a mission to give back every day, right? Because we every day we have an opportunity, and it may seem very small, and nobody else knows about it, but maybe you and the person that you gave that to. So that's the advice that I would give. Yes, I've had several of those incidents in my life and I can't tell you about them, but they just resonate off the soul. Elizabeth, now you can jump in. <laughs> um, well, I think one of my favorite quotes is that the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. Um, so I think that if you can live by that, uh, when you see something that moves you or you think is wrong to do something or say something, uh, that's one of the most important things you can do. And, and on the podcast that I do with Rebecca, you know, we, we try to find the places in people's lives where passion and purpose collide. 
So if you can find passion and purpose in the same space and use that not only for what your work is, but for how you give back, I think you're going to find a lot of fulfillment and satisfaction in doing that. And you're not going to get that sort of activism fatigue that you can often get when you're overextended, like Andrea said. When does that air? When do you broadcast? Every day at four. <laughs> Michelle. Wow. Passion and purpose colliding every day. That's, <laughs> that takes a lot, man. That's great. Um, I was just, I was meeting with a, a potential client this morning and he said, I love this. He said, I'd rather be sworn by than sworn at. <laughs> and I, I just love that quote. And I think it's perfect for, it's a good code for life, right? You know, be, mm-hmm. you can be somebody that you can be sworn by that people know they can depend on you and your word than, you know, being sworn at or being mentioned in a way that makes others understand that you're not trustworthy and not, uh, not a caring person. So I would tell her that's a good motto to live by, be true to your word as much as possible. I mean, we all make mistakes, but um, if that's your intention, that's, a huge thing mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. helping change our world. And if we could all live that way, yeah. we would have fewer hurting people for sure. I like that. But then she's going to question why grandpa gets sworn at by her mom. <laughs> hmm. Ray, yeah. we got one question to ask our, our guest, and then we're going to go into a commercial. Okay. And you know, I, I'd like all of us question. to answer this. Did you experience gender prejudice? Mm-hmm. If so, what form did it take? And how did you overcome it? And we'll go back in alphabetical order, starting with Andrea. Mm-hmm. Uh, without a doubt, I think there's... Um, but I say that because I don't think that in most cases it comes with ill intent. I think it's typically um, we are a product of our environment and we're a product of a lot of role modeling that we see in terms of positions that men and women tend to be in and, and that's what we grow up with. And, and so I don't think that I'm saying this with any level of frustration or anger, it's just the way it is. And so to answer your question, um, you know, for for me, I have a part a business partner who's male, and so often in meetings with, generally I would see this in bank meetings or um, investment banker meetings, mm-hmm. whereby certain questions would be um, presented to a, to him and certain ones to me, but that really would just be the case um, once or twice, and then when it's made obvious that I can't answer the questions that maybe they didn't expect, then that shifts a little bit. Um, But I think that what I do now is very different than what I would have done in the past. In the past, I would have been somewhat annoyed by it, and I would create an entire story in my mind about the meaning behind it. Now I just observe it, and I move on, and I recognize that there's just more work to be done to make sure that women are in a lot of different positions so that this 
kind of diminishes over time and there's more um, equity in terms of how we view specific roles. But the thing is, I think that where we can make change is actually by aligning ourselves with our, our male colleagues. And so I had a situation once where I spoke at an event and there was a gentleman or a male who asked a few questions after uh, I spoke and I answered them. And then there was a sort of cocktail event after, and I was standing in a group with mostly men. And he came up and said, oh, you were the one that was speaking today that um, I asked some questions to. I said, yeah, I was. It was, you know, thank you for asking your questions. And then he looked at the other guys and he said, well, I don't know if I really was asking questions or if I really liked what you said. I just really liked looking at you. And, you know, in his mind, he might have meant it as a compliment, but it wasn't really appropriate in a professional setting. And what I realized was it wouldn't have been impactful for me to have said something. And this was a few years ago, and so it may be different today, but what would have been impactful would have been if one of the people that were, you know, a, a male had said to him, hey, you know, that, that's, that's a little offside. Yeah. He would have responded differently. And so what mm -hmm. I'm saying is that I think that we need to work together when we recognize that something might not be acceptable, even if it's not said with ill intent to just have a conversation about it. And it doesn't have to be negative or antagonistic. It can just be matter of fact, hey, I don't think mm -hmm. we need to talk like that anymore and then move yeah. on. Yeah, but for the most part, I mean, I'm really fortunate with my um, business partners with Franworth. I will say that what I am, you know, it, it's happened by happenstance, I, I would say, that all of the, um, you know, brand founders and, CEOs of the brands, we're all female. And, you know, I think that most, if not at least half of the VP level uh, employees at Franworth are female. So there is a lot of, um, you know, gender equity within the Franworth organization that I recognized right away and I was very attracted to. And, you know, it is definitely a different type of company. And there's, there, it's just a matter of this is the way it is because everyone has something to contribute. And it's, it's, it's so wonderful to work in an environment like that and have partners that are, um, you know, aligned in that way. But it's definitely, you know, there's no strategy in terms of, I've talked to John Rachi about it, you know, it, he probably wouldn't want to say, oh, well, we picked female founders. That's not what happened. They picked brands that happen to have female founders and mm -hmm. it's um you know it's it, it's really I, I just love that that sort of happened by happenstance because that to me is where we see that meaningful change coming to fruition mm -hmm. sounds like he's a smart guy who kept his mouth shut at the right time <laughs> and more importantly back to michelle's old point um he was sworn he's sworn by instead of at Ooh, did you like the way I did that? Ooh, see, I am paying attention. Go ahead, Carolyn. Also, got to inject some levity, folks. This is pillars, after all. 
Yeah, so I think with um, me, sometimes I have this, um, I don't know, my husband describes it as a um, night nativity or something, you know, sometimes you're, or you act like you're not aware of, but some things are made pretty obvious to you. Um, My husband and I work very closely together, so therefore when we um, go to any type meetings, um, people automatically assume that he is the um, franchisor, right? And Mm -hmm. But my husband is so supportive, he always turns it back around, and he says, and Fred can attest to this, but it's just an automatic. I'm just standing there, and people automatically go that route. Um, As we were starting the franchise system, we happened to partner with some other people on our executive team, which are all males as well. And but it was really neat because everyone that's part of that team is really about um, seeing the um, they don't have a problem with um, woman leadership. And I think that it takes a very strong um, man to be able to do that. You know, so with my husband and with the current team that I do have, but, you know, um, as we go into various meetings, I do sense that just because people will automatically look at whoever the male is there at that time. And I don't get a, I don't get mad about it or retaliate about it. You know, um, I just don't handle it that way, you know, but um, they kind of feel and sometimes they'll say, oh, okay, great. And then they'll just still stop to them. <laughs> so that's perfectly still okay. You just can't change people's um, concept of where they are right now at this point. But I do agree that um, the environment is changing and you are finding that we do have more women women that are in leadership. It doesn't mean we have to change who we are because I'm very, um, you know, how you have some women that are just more Um, I don't want to say more feminine, but you like more like girl things. It doesn't mean I have to try to be like a man, right? I can be who I am and still be able to run a a business and still respect men for what they are. And as a team, I think working, I know working together, we can um, create some tremendous things. Okay. Wait, wait, time out. I'm sorry. Even if they have pink eyebrows? They're they're red. Even, even if they're pink, red, whatever color, we can all work well together. <laughs> they are red. And I want to say in my defense, Charles was the one who invaded my meeting space in the in the cafeteria of the IFA. It was all good and and because yes. you were off it was meeting awesome. it, it was all good. You were off meeting important people and he and I were <laughs> In the cafeteria. Yes, not a problem, Fred. <laughs> Elizabeth, we're to you in Ray's question. All right. Well, the problem is that I live in Alabama, and so I could tell you an hour's worth of stories off the top of my head, but a couple of that come to mind. Um, I used to do Social Security disability, and I represented claimants who were trying to get disability. And there was a notorious judge who packed heat in the courtroom, which I found he was a little angry man who packed, you know, carried a gun. And he would wink at the women representatives. Um, He would call, he called one little lady routinely (laughs) and in front of your clients. So it was, it was a very difficult thing because you could not react to it because he was the one making the decision on your case. 
So the feeling of being diminished the minute you walk through the door when this guy winks at you and you're thinking, I don't really know how to take that. Um, <laughs> so that was a, a, a place where I felt like I could not respond in any way that I would want to. Um, so I would just go in there and not let it intimidate me and argue my case as hard as I could. Mm-hmm. Uh, and stand up. He was a bully. And if you pushed back, that's when he would wink at you like, good job, little lady, you know, it was just so condescending. So that that was probably one of the more difficult ones, because I really did feel like I was representing a client who needed survival. <laughs> and I mm-hmm. could not take this judge off. So that was that was hard. But, uh, you know, on the other levels, I've, I've been in meetings, um, trying to stand up for my gay son in a school meeting. And the assistant superintendent called me in a meeting with a school principal and they shut the door and this guy who was probably 6'3 and 250 started bellowing at me trying to intimidate me because mm. I'm sure he would never have spoken to a man that way he certainly not he certainly wouldn't have spoken to my husband that way um and, and trying to diffuse that because in that case I'm trying to protect my child and how do you so I I just tried to talk from the heart and and convince him that I wasn't there to antagonize I was like you know what and it was public so I said, you, you've got a problem. You've got a perception problem. The community has seen you this way. I can help you because if you do the right thing, I will tell people. I will put it out there. You know, I'm. let's work together to change whatever this perception is and keep these kids safe. And when I finally got down to the fact that I just was there because I want my kid to feel safe and happy and protected, he backed off a little bit. But it was a little scary. It was one of those heart-wrenching things where you're just pounding in your chest and you're like, oh, crap, what am I going to do with this? Um and he, you know, he still walks the other way when I walk to a football game. But those situations, I mean, they affect how you can conduct your business. They affect how you feel. I mean, I was a little afraid of that guy bellowing behind a closed door with no witnesses except the principal who wasn't going to protect me. Um, but I, I think I always try to get to the common denominator. Like we, nobody wants an, a child to feel unsafe. Nobody wants a person not to be able to eat if they can't get their disability benefits. So if you can get to that base level that we can all agree on, then sometimes it's very like we don't want somebody to die. Sometimes you have to go that far down to make that forward progress. And so that's always how I try to come at it. Even when I'm, I come home and drink wine and yell about it at my husband, like, ah! <laughs> but you, you save that for later and you try really hard to find whatever that common thread is that's going to get you what you need. You know, I remember you telling this, that story the first time you were on a, a women in franchising story. And I thought then, and, and, I, and I still think now, that could make you an honorary South Chicagoan. <laughs> I'll take it. It may take us a long, long time, but we will achieve equity. Exactly. <laughs> One little step at a time. Amen. <laughs> Michelle. Yeah, we were talking about um, you know teachers, good and good teachers, but bad teachers, unfortunately, happen too. And yeah. one of the one of the first times I remember experiencing different treatment because you know just because of my gender was um, I was in chemistry class and we had a I had a teacher that was very he was very old school and he clearly did not think that females were scientifically minded. And mm-hmm. um, I was a good student, uh, and but, but chemistry was not my strongest, you know, science and math are not my strongest suit, but, you know, I still did all right. But I, 
he gave us a test and lo and behold, I got the best score in all of his classes that one time. And he said to me in front of everyone, he said to me, well, Michelle, you, uh, you got the best score and um, kind of wondering if you cheated. Mm, I knew you were going <laughs> to say that. I, I was just like, okay. Uh, and he was serious, but he, he tried to laugh it off kind of because I'm pretty sure he knew that that was not a cool thing to say, but it was, you know, it really stuck with me because man, I was white hot that day. You know, I was white <laughs> hot. <laughs> um, but hey, you know, I was a kid. What what am I gonna say? Um, he, but he he kind of it it that I had been fortunate to be raised by you know a dad who was very much hey you can do anything you want to do, kid. You know, you're a girl. It doesn't matter. You do what you want. Um, but I did find that as um, a business owner, female business owner, that I experienced some of the same things that Andrea was talking about and Carolyn too, mm -hmm. that um, kind of, you know, a little bit suspect as far as, especially in tech, you know, I'm a woman in tech and just kind of, well, kind of like, can I talk to the man, you know, and I've gotten that more than once. And, um, and that, you know, I just think to myself, okay, you know, just, times are just keep changing and and you <laughs> definitely in that type of situation probably can't change that particular person's perception and they may not even really realize that that's how he's acting so but yeah it happens it happens it will happen and um but it's changing which is great what i'd like to do fred is ask the next question and then go to a commercial so people have time to kind of think about it. Can we do that? I guess so, because he's muted. Sorry. No, no, no. When we come back, we're going <laughs> yeah. down the rabbit hole. And no oh, are one, you sure? Yeah. Okay. Right. No one gets to know what's going on there. I will leave you with <laughs> a favorite phrase of mine is artificial intelligence is no match for natural stupidity. Um, however, I do want to comment one thing on Michelle said, or comment she made about what could she say. And what I can tell you if, is that a South Chicago thing is when you can prove it, come back and talk to me. Saying that to a teacher when they say, I'm wondering if you cheated. It is what it is. The Franchise Woman is a bi-monthly digital magazine that empowers women as they navigate the franchising industry by providing relevant news, tools, advice, and inspiration. We are a resource for women who are seeking to own their own businesses, improve their existing businesses, find creative solutions, and take advantage of franchise opportunities. We feature women in the business who best exemplify our ideals and have something to teach our readers. In addition to our exclusive articles relating to the female entrepreneur, we also feature brands that are geared for women. Women have become the fastest growing sector in business ownership and have become a powerful, influenceable force fueling the economy. The Franchise Women will give you the news that is relevant to you to help you navigate the path of successful franchise ownership. By women, for women, and about women, we are the Franchise Women. Join us today 
at www.thefranchisewoman.com. All right, folks, it's my favorite time, the rabbit hole question. Um, so I've been thinking a lot about this, and, and I, I didn't, since this is a show about women, I didn't want to bring zombies in it or space aliens. So as I kind of, hey, you watch enough, that's one of my favorite topics. So I wanted to give you, I gave you a hint about artificial intelligence. So since we tend to talk a lot about male-female relationships, my question is, is how would you use artificial intelligence to improve men in business and in personal life? <laughs> dee, dee, dee. God, I know I, I love these questions. This one, who would like to jump in first? We don't got to go alphabetical. Who would like to jump in first? Can you repeat the question? <laughs> <laughs> Buy us some time there, Andrew. <laughs> so given that we talk about uh, on this show a lot, male and female relationships in franchising or in business, how would you use artificial intelligence to improve men in both a business relationship as well as a personal relationship? Oh, okay. That's easy. You would have a filter that would say in, in their mind, would you ask or say the same question or same comment to a male? If the answer is no, then you should not say it to a female. That's good. Usually, that's when it gets me in trouble is when I know I would say it to a male and I still say it. <laughs> I, I, can tell, so. I can tell <laughs> Ray his shirt looks ugly. Well, you don't have to think about it because it's artificial intelligence. It's going gonna, it's gonna to filter it automatically for you. Yeah. <laughs> Carolyn is lost in thought. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting one. You know, I I've never thought about it for um, men in business. I always thought about it for um, what we do, right? Um, artificial intelligence for taking care of a senior. But you know, it could be with the communication piece of again because sometimes when you're talking to, and this could be for a woman too, but I find sometimes the way that I think the work, things that I'm putting out, it, they don't, they're not receiving it the same way. So it'd be great to be able to um, have something that helps them to truly decipher <laughs> quickly what we're, what we're discussing. I think that would definitely help the communication piece. <laughs> I think we need to develop the Pillars of Franchising AI app for our women's planning co-host because it seems like that's what I just heard. <laughs> Elizabeth, bring it on. All right. So my, mine involves a, a tiny bit of torture. Um, when my <laughs> three boys were little and I would be at the beach to try to sit down and relax and they were like, you know, four, six, and eight, and they would get too far away, I dreamed of having this little thing where I could just zap them real quick and they would come running back. Like, so that I didn't have to get out of the chair. So my thought is when they start to say these things that Andrea wants to filter and Carolyn wants to translate, I think they should just get a little zap, like, you know, Pavlovian response. Eventually they're going to stop saying it. Right. So I think the zapping thing is, is what I would do. 
So zapping dog collars for men. Yeah, sort of like that. Yep. Something All a little right. less visible than a dog collar, but yeah. <laughs> Bring it on down, Michelle. <laughs> I've actually seen, you know, some a couple of I think YouTube videos along these lines where um, there's like an automatic translator that happens with men and women communicating. It's like that men are men are for Mars and women are for Venus. Uh-huh. Whole idea. I appreciate what Carolyn said and <laughs> like an automatic translator kind of um, deal. And the torture device is, you know, it's some. Um, it's just a bonus. It's reasonable. I mean, it's just. A tiny bit, right? So it's not a not a big <laughs> not a big deal. Um, so I would have to I I I would have to I don't have any other ideas. <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. I'm just going to echo what you said. I think they're perfect. <laughs> enlightening, very very enlightening, ladies. Um, before Ray asks his next question, I do want to ask this. Um, I know some of you got new stuff out, Elizabeth. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think everybody does. So give us a short, what's, what's happening in the next 30 days that you're pumped about. Whoever can jump in. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll start. We're, we're, we've launched the Coterie for Women, um, which is a platform for women to empower, educate, and provide resources, networking, and support. Um, we're giving away free subscriptions for a limited time. So go to the CoterieForWomen.com. Anybody else? Do I have to call on you? No, I'll go <laughs> before you call <laughs> on. So we are, um, of course, continuing to add um, new franchises on. We're at here at the end of the last quarter, and still now is a great time to um, develop a senior care business, and we're just looking for um, um, like-minded people to join our team. We're currently doing a virtual, um, participating in a virtual franchise expo and having quite a few people interested. So we're excited to bring on at least two more new franchisees. I'll stop on by because I'm registered. Just been doing show stuff all day today. Okay, stop by. (laughs) Andrea? Yeah, I'm I'm excited because we are um, going to be bringing on a couple new franchisees next week. So I'm excited about that. And um, what I'm also really excited about is today we rolled out internally to our franchise owners um, our holiday programming and plans. So I know it's it's early. They we don't launch it until mid-November, but it's just really optimistic to be able to look a little bit further ahead and think mm-hmm. about. The holiday season and you know we've had to make some changes to how we've done things in the past but just was really well received and I think just that optimism is really nice to see um, given sort of the heaviness and challenges that we've all had to face as franchisees and franchisors and suppliers and you know sort of everyone involved in the industry so just you know just sort of that bright light today I think it's been really exciting. Yes, Michelle. Um, I'm involved in a couple in a a side venture. Um, I'm a part time uh, part time art worker, artisan, or arts and crafters. I don't know. Anyway, I partner partner up with um, some other 
artists uh, to do a an online art show or a virtual art show on Facebook, and um, it's next weekend, and it's in a group called Unveiling Beauty on Facebook, so if anybody wants to join us, there's several of us that are going to post throughout the weekend um, the stuff we've been working on, and of course, people can comment or share or buy, you know, so it's fun. It's called Unveiling Beauty on Facebook. But he otherwise known as Clayhead Fred, will not be for sale. He's too expensive. Now, Ray, take the last question. Okay. The last question, of course, is always if someone wants to contact you regarding your franchises, how do they do that? And we can start with Andrea. Yeah, so um, scoafranchising.com is our website where there's all kinds of information and there's a form fill on there if you want to sign up. And Donna, who handles all of our development, will give you a call. She's amazing and extremely passionate about the brand. And I'm just Andrea at scoa.com if you want to reach out directly. Karen? Yes, um, you can reach us, reach wisdom at wisdomseniorcare.com. And um, we have information there about our franchise opportunities. Um, you can also email me at carolyn at wisdomseniorcare.com. I'm also on LinkedIn as well. Um, and we have some Facebook pages um, as well. Elizabeth. All right. If you go to thefranchisewoman.com, we have all the information on the magazine. There's an advertising tab. There's a podcasting tab. And there is a tab for the Coterie of, for Women. So um, you can find all that information there or email me directly at elizabeth.denham at thefranchisewoman.com. And Michelle. And my company is Westvine, W-E-S-T-B-Y-N-E.com. My email is Michelle with one L, not Westvine, with a Y. <laughs> com. We we provide marketing services for other companies, um, social media marketing, as well as website development and graphic design. So, and then also, like I said, have an art show next weekend, October 20, 24 and 25 in the Unveiling Beauty by Art Is You group on Facebook. Excellent. Fred, take it away. I, Ray, will take us away. This has been a enjoyable and fun and educating and entertaining. I think we hit it really right, Ray. Um, shout out to Kristen. Our hearts are with you. Uh, remember, folks, thoughts and prayers are appreciated. We'll be back next week with, I don't think the show will be as exciting, but hopefully at least as fun. Until then, we are Pillars. Pillars. Pillars, 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 of franchising, pillars, 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 of franchising.